As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Yeah, hear the applause? Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're done with this interview. How can we be done? We just started. Press the wrong button. Okay. Hey, everybody, it's your host, Darren Carter, the party starter in the room with me right here, right now. You will hear this voice, the voice that you hear right there. No, not that one, this one. We're done with this interview. We're done with this interview. I think he was around 10 or 11, and now he's 13, and now his voice sounds like this. Hi. <laughs> Let me hear you say, because on there you go, we're done with this interview. How do you say it now? We're done with this interview. Yeah. Now do it in your lowest voice. <clears throat> ready? Ready? Okay, he's warming up. He's warming up. He's pounding the chest. He's getting everything out. He's practicing. He's doing some vocal fry. Here we go. So I'll do, we're done with this interview. And now here he goes. We're done with this interview. Wow. That's you. That's not me, guys. That's actually a 13 year old. Yeah, of course. Hang on. You sounded like a motorcycle driver in a way. You were like, whoa. Thanks. We're done with this interview. This is me. This is me. We're done with this interview. And here is Austin. We're done with this interview. Pretty good. Guys, check out his, his YouTube channel. It's called... Aus the Bass Boss. Aus the Bass Boss. There you'll see his videos. He's doing instruments. He's playing... How many instruments do you play on your channel? Do you think you played like three, four? I think I've played around five or six or something like that. That's pretty cool. And why do they call it Aus the Bass Boss? Because his, I, I could play bass guitar. I could sing bass, as you've heard like a while ago. Oh, but I'm not, however, I'm, I am not a bass, but I'm able to sing it. So. That's cool. That's cool. People, uh, I just got a message today. Shout out to Damon Ferguson. He's like, wow, your, your son is crazy talented. So shout out to Damon Ferguson. And uh, we're going to get into this episode. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just want to have Austin pop in and say hi. Anything else you want to say before you 
before you leave and go back to your homework? Yeah. Be sure to like and subscribe to my dad. Oh, you're the best, buddy. All right. We'll see you later, Austin. Yeah. Oh, oh and get him to 3,000 subscribers. Bye-bye. Oh, thank you, buddy. Yeah, he's saying on YouTube, uh, go to YouTube and look up Darren Carter and uh, let's get me to 3,000 subscribers. I want to do, this is pretty cool, you guys. You've been listening to the podcast for a while, or if you're new, thank you for checking it out. I don't say this very often, but uh, I just got the latest uh, iTunes chart review. And uh, if you think about the thousands and thousands and thousands of podcasts that are out there that are, you know, they're pushed by big corporations and this and that and or, or you know, whatever. Um, just to be in the top thousand is impressive. So I was very happy. Check this out. United States of America. Darren Carter Pocket Party is number 320. 320. That's pretty cool. Here we go. Ireland, number 361. Japan, 379. And the Netherlands, number 220. Wow, I'm almost, almost in the top 200. Okay, we'll get to the interview, Darren. Just stop. I, I, I know I'm kind of bored. All right, nobody wants to hear stats. Okay, let's just jump into it. Guys, I want to thank you for checking out the Pocket Party podcast. And I love feedback. It's how I, I really love it. So the more messages I get, DMs I get, YouTube comments, it just lets me know that we're on the right path. So as my friend Brody Stevens would say, positive energy, positive push. Let's keep that positivity out there and let's keep shining the light on love and laughter and let's get into it. Here's Ron Jossel. Ron Jossel's great. He's uh, in Canada at the moment and he tried hunkering down and staying inside in July, up until July in Los Angeles. And if you're a single guy by yourself, no comedy at night, it can be a very dark place. So he, he hung on as long as he could. You know, they were like, let's flatten the curve. And then it just, you know, got to the point where he, so he's he's up in Canada. It looks like things are starting to open up a little bit. I got back from El Paso, if you listen to my previous podcast, and that was amazing to get out there and get people laughing. And two weeks prior to that, I was in Phoenix. So, and I did a parking lot show. On Saturday, I did a park in <laughs> Los Angeles is different. They're like, everyone, we love our cars. This is where drive throughs came from. So they were literally in the parking lot at the historic Roosevelt Hotel in Hollywood. It's an amazing hotel. Go go check it out sometime. And I was on stage. They had a big movie projector, like big screen. And the comedians were phenomenal. A few of them that you might know, uh, Eliza Schlesinger, Jamie Kennedy, Jonathan Kite, Michael Rappaport will be there this week. We've had Jeremy Piven and just a lot of funny comedians uh, just kicking ass out there. So it's really great. And they've, I, uh, I've elected to host it when I can. So hosting is good because I get to pop up in between comedians. And, and uh, I get to know the comedians a little bit more. Because usually when you're just doing a set, you just work on your set, talk a little bit backstage, and then move on to the next uh, show or go home or whatever. But hosting has been really, really fun to do that down there. At that historic hotel. Okay, let's uh, let's get into it. This is Ron Jossel. Make yourself familiar with them. At some point, go on YouTube, check out Ron, and he has he's got a podcast called I think it's called Ron Around the World, and uh, it'll be great. All right, guys, thanks again for checking in. Go to YouTube and subscribe, please, and leave a comment on any of my videos. It helps out algorithm, 
And thank you for checking out the audio version of Pocket Party Podcast. Now, don't hurt nobody and be careful. And if you want to, if you want to hire me, go to my my bio on on Instagram. You'll see it. I'm on Cameo. I'm on Jemmy. If you want to throw me a couple of shekels, I'm on PayPal. Go to DarrenCarter.com. And of course, Venmo, it's at Darren Carter Comic, at Darren Carter Comic. Every donation is appreciated. Every little bit helps, and I'm sincerely saying that every little bit helps. Okay, thank you so much. Let's get into it right now. Right here, right now. Let's start that party in your ear holes. Pocket party. And we're back. Hey, everybody. It's Darren Carter, the party starter, and we have the one, the only, Ron Jossel. Hey, man. How are you, D? Good, man. Got a little sound effect of applause. That was exciting. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I like that. I, I, I have the applause, too. That's something that we both had in common. We didn't even plan that. Oh, do you really? Like- yeah, for mine. We have the intro music, and then we applause. That's funny. I thought I thought maybe you just oh I thought you had your own button like you applauded yourself right now. No, the, the DJ just included it in the beginning of the in, of the intro. So I'm like, oh, I think that was a standard thing. People do that normally. That's good, man. It's uh, you know, it's really weird. I remember I, I heard Jay Leno do a, a joke back in like the eighties or the nineties. He's like, Yeah, what other profession do people applaud for you? You don't like walk into the office and like, hey, here's Larry from the cubicle seven. Yay. But it's interesting. It's interesting, right? Like getting applause, saying things, being appreciated with this sound, and then pretty much not hearing it for almost a year. It's really weird, right? Yeah. I I wonder if it we we realize we healed ourselves already, and we don't need it as much. But before we needed it more. Yeah. I think when you start comedy, that's what you're looking for. There's a void that you're trying to fill. Whether most. I think uh, artists need to fill voids in a different way than non-artists. Like non-artists. My brother is like sort of a non-artist. So when he goes through some shit, he'll ride his bike. He'll do jujitsu. He'll, he'll beat up a guy in a street corner. <laughs> you know? No, he's not yeah. like that. But, but for me or you, we have to go to a, a place where people are in front of us and we have facing and looking at us to heal it. Yeah, where we have that connection where we're like, we say something that's bothering us, and then the people in the audience are like, me too. And it makes us feel like, yeah, all right. It's not just me. I'm surprised that the people connect with everything we say that is vulnerable. And you realize everybody had went goes through the same thing. Because sometimes I'd be like, I don't want to talk about that. It's kind of embarrassing. And then I tried it, and everybody's like, oh my God, I feel that. And I'm like, holy (laughs) shit, people do connect with sad things or negative things in comedy clubs. Yeah. You're supposed and, the, and, to be. And, and I think people know that it's a comedy setting. Mm-hmm. So they're willing to laugh at it. Like you could almost take some, some premises and some things that we say on stage and then take it off that platform of stand up comedy in a comedy club and put it, let's say on Twitter or something. And people's mindset is a different mindset. And they're not laughing at all at the same thing that they, they would have laughed. You at know what? That's you, true. You know, like uh, a lot of the connections we have outside of the stage, because uh, people, when we say something on Twitter or, or you or what do you call it? Facebook or even 
in a conversation that's live and not in a comedy setting, you could tell when you do a joke, their brain goes, is he joking? And they go, oh, yes, he is. And they, they, then they start laughing. Now, this yeah. just happened to me. Some amateur kid, and I always try to help amateur guys. Like I, oh, I, I do seminars sometimes in Canada or overseas. And one of these kids who's a Filipino kid wanted to be on my show that was in November. And I said, yes, for sure. I mean, he's only been doing it like maybe one one year. Didn't do well. I mean, I'm fine with that. You know, you're not the you're not the, the headliner. You're not the middle. So, but he didn't know how to joke around with me just right now. Like, I don't, I've only met him that one time in November. And he sent me a message going, hey, do you have, what's your phone number? So I sent him my phone number. And then right away he goes, hey, man, I want a refund for those shirts that I bought off you from after your show. I go, why? He's like, he shrunk, and that doesn't even fit me. I'm like, all right. And he goes, I didn't want a receipt. You didn't give me a receipt. I'm like, fine, I'll get you a receipt. Relax, okay, I'll get all this stuff. And he goes, I want you to sign the receipt. I go, no, I'm not signing receipts. And after he goes, hey, so do you want to go hang out and do my podcast tomorrow? I go, no. <laughs> I go, you, you yeah. just said I ripped you off. And I'll send you that the I'll send you money for maybe one, but yeah. I can't keep giving yeah. you just because you shrunk your shirt. Like I'm wearing I'm wearing my own merch. I've washed it ten thousand times. It still fits me. Yeah. He goes, oh, well, yeah. and after he was like, "Sorry, I was just joking." I go, "Well, you just pissed me off, though." <laughs> and he goes, yeah. "Well, sorry, I didn't mean to joke to piss you off." I go, "Well, you did, so I can't reverse this right now." Yeah, because it's not a prank. It was just something that you didn't know. You you didn't connect. You didn't try to connect with me first on a regular level, and you yeah. started away on, on you know, brigade. Uh, what's the word when you go go off on somebody? Not brigading. Uh, whatever. Like he roasting you. He tried roasting. to basically. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he goes, "Well, yeah, I should have thought about. We only met once, and maybe I should have thought about the way I approached." you yeah I go, well look i'll give you a receipt and he goes look i'll buy more shirts off you i'm like dude stop it just stop calling stop saying you know what the problem with i want to be friends with amateurs but you can't be because if it's under a category of comedy you could all own our own our only relationship is i have to learn teach you shit i'm 25 yeah. years in you're when you're in we can't hang out as uh, as equals as comedian equals. <laughs> right? it's so funny you say that and you know what and there'll be a time where you can and it's funny yes. because i i remember when i was in like an amateur you know i mean a couple of years in and i remember i see the headliners up in you know san francisco i'd be like i i knew that they, i kind of i kind of knew my my place my place. The hierarchy you kind of know like those yeah. there you know but it was weird because i remember when i moved to la some of those guys that that were kind of way up there they uh, actually started being friendlier to me. And I think a couple things, maybe they realized like, oh, this guy's in the scene. He's, he's, he's legit serious. Yeah. And also like maybe at that point, maybe they have less friends to hang out with. So they're like, oh, there's a familiar face. And then let me get to know this guy as opposed to, you know. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chumba. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amateur yeah. night at the comedy store where everybody gets three minutes. And you could be a bum off the street or you could be whoever, you know. So. Well, it, it's yeah. funny because our last conversation about this was in the comedy store, you do see the hierarchy, the totem pole right in front of you. The amateurs, new comics are on the patio just trying to make friends. Then you go through that hallway and there's people that have been in it for longer. And then you keep going right before you go into the belly room area uh, entrance. You see most of them hanging out. And then you see, you keep going. And then you see the the kitchen and then you guys are there. You know, the guys have been doing it for the longest. And there's, there's, there's a crew, there's a clique and crew there of Joey Diaz and Rogan and Dalia. You're in there, Bobby Lee, Russell. You know, and, and who is crazy enough to co- approach that? You know, yeah, you can't. You have to be invited, and you have to be respected, and you have to be in the scene. And people have to. I don't even care if you're a killer comic from Brazil that come in and just blew <laughs> yeah. up in America soil. Yeah. It doesn't when Russell blew up, he was like, I still gotta make friends. I still had to meet everybody and be accepted. You don't yeah. get a bass just because you're rich or famous. Right. It's you're right. It's, it's almost like a let's see if this guy's serious about his craft, you know, like in a way, mm-hmm. right? And then there's other people that are like, screw that. They're they, they know how to. They're like that guy's famous in Brazil. I'm gonna kiss his ass, you know. Like yeah. you got those people though too, right? But it is interesting. And you know what else is interesting? And I don't think I've talked about this on my podcast. Um, so we talked about it. How it's, you know, let's say you're a 25 year veteran, and then you know you're like you almost feel like you have to you know, we kind of keep somebody at arm's length, like friendly to them, but like, yeah, yeah. There's, but I had this happen. I don't know if you've experienced this before, but I would be at the comedy store and then the people sort of underneath, like that maybe started like, like within the last 10 years, mm-hmm. maybe something takes off for them and then they become the hot item. And then they kind of look at you like your yesterday's news. I've had that happen. And that's a terrible mm-hmm. feeling as well. It is a terrible feeling. Cause you never yeah. know in this business. You know, you treat someone like shit one day, the next day he's your boss, they're your boss. And I've seen it in front of my face. Yeah. You know, I've seen people yeah. talk shit to other comics and the next week the person becomes a success, whether they're a comedian or an actor. Uh, I remember, right. on, I remember yeah. on the way to a gig, it was me and three other comedians. I was an opener at the time. They were fighting each other like crazy. This is you're in Canada. We do the gig mm. for the weekend. At the end of the gig, one of the comedians who was the MC and I was the middle just got bumped up to the new booking, Yuck Yuck's booking. Oh, 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 wow. And so he started on them again in the plane. Hmm. And he goes, you asshole. Da, 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 da. And he was like, you know what, man? He's like, what? <laughs> I'm loving this right now because guess what? Mark Brosnan has called me and I'm the new booker for Yuck Yucks. And he was like, oh my God. <laughs> that dude did not work for at least three years. Wow. So this, that's interesting. This guy told me like when I got into comedy in the early days, he was like, he's like, here's a lesson you can learn. And I, cause I hadn't even been to LA yet. He goes, today's comics are tomorrow's bookers. And I was wow. like, interesting you know like i just yeah, kept that in the back of my mind because what yeah. you just said you know and your first friends are your first bookers before you get into clubs or any kind of spot yeah. your friends are the ones that book you yeah yeah and i i think that never goes away because I, i'm sure i think it never goes away because i was at a club 
uh, in Texas. And uh, Rob Schneider had just been there. And mm-hmm. the club owner was like, he's like, yeah, he got me David Spade. So, you wow. know what I mean? It, it's, it's probably, Rob's probably like, hey, David, man, this is a great room, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know I mean, I think the friends still sort of help each other. Yeah, no because it, it, it's kind of like you have uh, comics and bookers and you guys are amateurs at one point and you're just amateur bookers. You know, and yeah. then and then you become pro. I remember Dwayne Perkins told me a long time ago. I I was dealing with an amateur show, an amateur pay, an amateur comics, and I was headlining, and the I didn't get my full amount, and they did, and I I was like I was complaining to him, and after Dwayne's like, well, you know, I do that too, but you have to remember, amateurs do amateur things, and if you're gonna deal with an amateur get ready to see some amateur shit and i'm like oh, yeah, yeah why am i why am i putting them in position of professionalism right they haven't that, they haven't gone through the ranks so, so why are we yeah. putting comedians we put comedians to that hoop why don't we do it to bookers too because there's <laughs> unprofessional bookers yeah that are that 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 should they, the problem is you don't put an amateur label on bookers it's comedians it's fighters it's it's sports athletes. You you could put amateur on those, but nobody talks about the amateur doctor. You know, like the amateur. Right. Yeah, know, he's yeah, still yeah. learning his first year. He's like he got promoted. He's he's actually making money, but this is his their first year. They're not going to do a lot of great stuff. They're going to have to still learn. You know, it's like getting a haircut. I always go, who's the best in fades? We all do good fades. No, you don't. No, you don't. You can't. The person that started earliest probably can't or most latest probably can't do a fate to someone that's been doing it for 25 years unless you kept yeah. that person that sucked for 25 years <laughs> but i mean yeah nobody can label an amateur it's kind of like just amateur daters out there the reason why a lot of people don't get women or men they're amateur daters but nobody mm. puts them in that category because there's no such thing as a category as amateur daters but you know, it's kind of like they say, fem- really good-looking females mature in relationships later than not as good-looking females. Mm. Why is because the as not good-looking females have to use more and understand the dynamics of courting more. Mm, where the really, really good-looking female hits yeah. forty, finally has to learn how to date properly and say, "Okay, I can't just say I want, I want this is my," you know, because. Who who doesn't give everything to the good-looking people in this world initially? Mm. Yeah, you know what? Being a headliner is kind of like being a good-looking, good-looking girl. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. I thought about that. Like when you're when you're at a club that treats you right, like you you know you they they pick you up from the airport, they put you in a nice hotel, they give yeah, you anything you want. You're hot, man. Like, is there anything we want, Mister Carter? Like they, you're, you're hot really, as hell like, as the headliner. Yeah, you're yeah, the you're hottest like, yeah. thing in the room. Yeah, you know, and, and and we don't notice that. I hate when you ever. I get this a lot. Uh, some of my friends that are not comedians would be like, "Oh, well, you know, you cheated after the show because you picked up a girl at your show," and I'm like, "Yeah, so well, you have to do it like us. Well, we have to randomly just approach a girl they don't know us." I go, "There's no. It's fair game, no matter where you. I mean, if you're gonna say that to Brad Pitt." Yeah. <laughs> you know, who who, who yeah. everybody knows in the world you can't you have to go to tibet where nobody knows you and pick up girls right. yeah yeah i know you you, yeah. you have no choice you get you you have a better looking face 
than I do. So why don't you approach them? Or you are more richer than I am. And so why don't you try to pick them up in a car? Because it's opposed <laughs> to my Toyota. You know, I have to use this because that's my car. My, that's my Porsche. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to yeah. use this because that's my good-looking face. You have a good-looking face. Your penis yeah. is 12 inches long. Guess what? <laughs> my act is 12 inches long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a big act, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I got a big act. <laughs> can go on for days. Yeah. Do you... Um. So I'm married uh, for 23 years. I love being married. I Amazing. Just, I just... I love it, man. I, I, would, I would love to. I know. love to be... I would love to be married. I was I was just going to ask you are you are you dating anyone are you single like what's it like during a pandemic to be single or I don't know like well I, I normally I I have I have girlfriends so no, my my life basically is like I'll have a girlfriend for a year they they will dump me hundred percent like there's a mm -hmm. maybe there's a two percent chance I'll dump them they will definitely dump me because they're like I can't do be in a relationship where you are gone three weeks of the month. I tell them in the beginning and they're like, sure, I love that. I have the freedom. I'm like, cool. And within a year, it's a, a year. It never hits past a year, eight mm. months, nine months. This is since I was probably 30, mm. you know? So my last relationship was just right before the pandemic. And uh, from that point, there's only so much you can do. Like, and when I was in LA, I didn't really want to meet up. I know a lot of people that met up on people with people on Tinder or whatever their, you know, hinge. Yeah. I just didn't want to meet up with anybody at the time. It just felt really unsafe. And then, so when I moved back to Canada uh, for the, for the time being, I've been going on a date every two to three weeks or maybe every two, every two weeks. And um, some of them are good. Some of them are bad. The Is last it kind of do, do you guys show up with like the mask and then you're like, you take it off? I mean, I wonder what that's like. That's well, I mean, um, here probably, in yeah. Canada, you don't, I mean, you don't have to wear the mask outside. So we could, mm -hmm. we met outside, we didn't have a mask oh. on, and yeah. then we put it on while you went to a restaurant. Oh, then okay. you take it off at the table or take it off or put it back on when you go to the bathroom. So that's basically you could meet somebody in a restaurant, you don't have to have the mask on. Oh, that's cool. Hopefully, yeah. Calif hopefully, LA will be like that eventually. California, it, it will be. I mean, it just all depends on how long it takes for people to 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 wear masks, social distance, yeah. and get shots. That could I'm take just, a year. I was just interested in like, uh, yeah, like so. So you you know what the girl looks like already. It's not like all right. Well, here's the here's thing: the when I went on a date, she did not look what she looked like exactly. Right? Mm -hmm. There's there's been two or three times where I go, "This is you 25 years ago." Oh. You know, like I went out on a date in, in Koreatown and I, she was Korean. This is when, this was like last year. And when we met up, she did not look, she looked like there was the person's mother. Oh, yeah. So she was definitely in her fifties, but the picture was like easily 25 to 30 years old. Yeah. So that, yeah, then they I, catch you. You're like, mm -hmm. oh man, what did you you know what, man? I learned a great trick with a stand, not trick, but a tip, I should say. I learned how to trick people. No, here's a tip <laughs> I learned with stand up. And this is a great, you know what, man? Like, like I, I learned a lot from a comedian who started late in life, and that's Dean Del Rey. Shout out to any Del Rays wow, out there. I love that guy. You, you know what I mean? This guy, yeah. he started when he was like 44 years old, I think. And he's in his 50s, and he's got the, but he's got the energy and the fire of a young man, like, a, because it's new. He's like, I don't have a lot of time. I got to get out there and make up for lost time. So, I, you know, I learned a lot from him, even though he's a, he was sort of a beginner when I met him. Um, 
But dude, he like, well, he was a musician and so he knew the entertainment world. But here's the thing I learned from him. He goes, Darren, you got to get new headshots every year, man. Headshots at the beginning of the year. I get new headshots because he goes, when you have those old headshots, it looks like that's when you gave up on your career. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, that's great, dude. That's great. Yeah. Like, you know, that, and, and I, I think if that girl that you talked about, if she would, you know, have new like recent pictures, then it wouldn't be a big deal. People would be like, oh, I know what I'm, I'm getting into a 50 something yeah. year old Korean woman. But you're right. When you're when the guy's expecting like, I don't want to show up. I don't like when clubs have like a, a headshot of me from 20 years ago with like a full head of hair. And you know yeah, what I mean? that it's must like be weird. weird. Where it's like, dude, do they still do that. Stuff. Yeah. No, luckily, I, 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 I email them and text them. I'm like, you know, there are a few that will. Here's what I hate when they just go to Google and just grab any picture. And I'm like, yeah. oh, man, like that's. Yeah. My last go? one. I mean, I, I was like, this is not even me. Like, I have no beard. My hairline's this low. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. 260. I'm like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. They're going to go. We're looking for the fat guy that. The, right. you know, the Filipino fluffy. Yeah. See, I usually what happens is when I know that I have the, the booking or, you know, when I know it's for sure, like the deposit is sent or whatever, when I know it's for sure, that's when I'm like right away, like, here's some, here's some links to promote. Here's the pictures. Here's the, you know, that way I know they have it, you know, that I don't rely on like them Googling something or something that's in a filed cabinet. You know, like the improv never made those mistakes with like their A-list headliners. They never, you'll never see a picture of let's say who's headlining there, like you know whoever what it is, like Moz when he has hair, you'd be like, right, they're not yeah. gonna fuck that shit up, you know. Right. I think yeah. when you hit, when you make it to a certain level and you're selling out all the big improvs, they're like, they're okay, like, make sure the mic works and they have the right headshot. <laughs> that's like that's the yeah, two yeah, things yeah. That don't look for yeah. in a normal show. <clears throat> you know what I've learned too is um, back when you said amateurs and like I I remember. I've learned to like um, if I think a club or a promoter is doing something wrong, I try to, I've learned to not get as upset because I did. A, I remember one time I did this club and I got kind of upset because they only, it was a brand new club, but they, they only had one microphone. And I remember the feature kept from the week before or, or, or like the, I'm sorry, the week before they had really banged it up and the, the cord was crackling. And, mm-hmm. and so when we got there, I remember when the feature was on the week that I was there, like the mic went out, but it wasn't his fault. It was because it, and they didn't have a backup mic. They didn't know that you should yeah, have, unreal. and they're just, they're just, you know, they just didn't know, I guess they didn't know you should have extra microphones, extra cords, you know? And yeah, but what do you yeah. do? That's not your home club at the same time. Know. You know, my, my friend gets really angry in Vancouver. Yuck, yuck, Cause he's like, Oh, they don't have a craft table. They don't have this. I go, here's the problem with, and being emotionally invested in a club, you're never going to be happy with that club. Yeah. What's a craft table? Oh, like they, like uh, they put out a spread of craft, craft, craft oh, cheese. Oh, yeah. And, the craft and services and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. So they have craft services, mm. like the, they, like, kind of like a movie set where some clubs in England, because this guy was moved to England for 10 years, came back to Canada and he was complaining. And I said, you could just lose your mind yeah, if you keep yeah, complaining yeah, yeah. about that because. Here's the reason why I probably don't complain as a lot enough. I'm only there for a week, like you yeah. are. Yeah. Like, well, how much emotionally invested can you get with the green room in any club you play? 
Yeah. You know what? I, the, the, something that I, I learned, I took this acting class about 10, I'm not good at math, uh, 12 years ago. I don't I think know. It was, I think it was six. I think it was six. Yeah. It was six years ago. Okay. It was six years ago. And, uh, <laughs> no, but I remember they, they were like, Hey, we're going to do this seminar. It's free. You're already paying for the classes. Come on Saturday. And there was, a, there was a, uh, like a celebrity publicist who does these, the, he does these speaking events and he talks to, you know, different groups of people. And one of the things that he said that I really liked, that was great. Basically think, think Tony Robbins, but like, with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Not Tony Robbins. One of the things he said is, is you know, fire your flaky friends. He's like, you want to get successful? He's like, these people that say they're going to be there and they never show up or they cancel, get rid of them. He goes, cut off the dead weight. You need to, like, fire yes. your flaky friends. He's like, also... You know, to be successful, he goes, I don't care if it's people I've, I've worked with, like like Oprah or Michael Jordan or Michael Jackson, or he talked about all these people he's worked with. He's like, um, he goes, they, they, they have the magic, and he draws it on a chalkboard, O's, like letter O. He goes, they're obsessed. They're obsessed with their craft. If it was Michael Jordan, I'm not leaving till I get 100 free throws. If it's, he goes, they're obsessed. Um, he talked about uh, uh, optimism, drenching yourself with optimism. Even when things aren't going your way, you got to just believe and, and, and work hard and, and be optimistic. And one of the things he said was, you know, be professional, like be, you know, excellence. He said, you know, give people excellence. He's like, if you give people excellence, they'll want to hire you. They'll want to work with you. They'll want to. But so I think I took that part of the thing a little too to heart. So I'd be like, I'm going to be excellent. I'm going to be excellent on stage. I'm going to be excellent promoting on social media. And then I'd show up to a club and their mics would be broken and this wouldn't work. And I would get kind of mm -hmm. like, you know, I don't really show my anger, but I would be kind of like, ah, oh, this isn't right. Like, and I realized that's not healthy for me or the relationship. No, because, it's, it's better. No, because that's how you go. are. That's how you are. You can't yeah. expect to anybody be at the level of excellence as you. <laughs> right. Yeah, so yeah. Why, why, we're only allowing people, if we're going to have conversations or hang out with people that strive like us. Yeah. But it, clubs are not going to be the same. <laughs> we, right. we can't but, expect, you know, like, it's kind of like this. Uh, I'm, I know who I am and I, how, how much I, if I'm in a relationship, how much I give, like yeah. I really do. I'm like, okay, this is how much I really do give. And, and I try to make it 50, 50 and I go above and beyond for sure. But if that person doesn't go above and beyond like me, I can't expect them to do that Yeah, because that's not who they are, you know? And, 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 and I wouldn't probably date somebody for that long if they couldn't strive with me to the, the, the expectations we both put on ourselves in excellence mm. But I can't be mad at someone I picked. 
I can't be mad at somebody I book. I got booked for. I book. Right. I, I said yes. Yeah. Yeah. Why, yeah. Hey, Ron, you may not have a good hotel. The the mic may not work, but we're giving you twelve fifty at the end of the week. Yes. Yes. The no fucking complaint. Because you said yes. Like the, the same girl <laughs> that you dated. Yeah. Yeah. You, you dated a girl. You dated a guy that's promiscuous and sleeps around. <laughs> And you get mad when he does it to you. You know what you got into. So we have to take accountability because we decided. We said yes to the contract. We signed it. We said yes. You know what? One thing that helped. That excuse me. One thing that's helped me, I think, is uh, believe it or not, I joined in that boxing gym about four years ago. It really helped me because it showed showed me how hard things can be. And, and you just got to keep pushing till that clock runs out. The bell rings. Ding, ding, yes. Ding. And a hundred percent sweating. Like I, I hadn't sweated like that. And so I'm telling you, like <clears throat> when they're like, hit the bag, even if you just tap it right for like three minutes and you're, and you're tapping it and, and you're, and you're, I used to, you know, to get that sweat that goes like, not just that bib sweat, but like where the front of your shirt oh, it's and the drenched. back of your shirt and your, your kneecaps. When your knees are sweating, <laughs> yeah, that's when yeah. you know you're, where I, you're I, sweating. I, truth be told, I haven't sweated like that like in a long time. Like even now during the pandemic, because I'm mostly working at, out outside. And also, mm-hmm. no one when someone when there's like a coach that's pushing you. When no one's pushing me, I sometimes will just do like two minute rounds. When someone's pushing me, they're like, "Come on, you got it. Thirty seconds. Let's go. Let's go." Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But, but I was going to say, what I remember, like, uh, probably within the first two months of joining that box, one of the boxing gyms I joined and, and getting all that sweat, I, I remember I performed at a comedy club and the AC was broken or maybe only one part of it was working, whatever. Mm. It was uncomfortably, the, the audience was, was, was fanning themselves. And I hate to see that because they usually don't laugh as much because they're mm-hmm. lethargic, they're tired, they're drinking, they're just like... And before I would have been like, oh my gosh, like, what? you know, I would, have, I would have had like a little, like, oh no. But I remember thinking like, as hard as it is in here, I'm much harder in that boxing gym. And I said, yeah. just, just man up there and don't just smile through it and just breathe better and don't, don't take it personal. It's nothing. Cause I used to be like, oh, the, I bet the AC would be working if it was a, you know, if this was an A club and if or this is an A comic or you know what I mean? Like I started getting kind of like a, well, you will, this is my philosophy of why people start comedy and it be, are able to take the rejection for the first two to five years when they start is because their lives were just as bad. So they're yeah. not, they're okay with it. If you're a cool person <laughs> yeah. that starts yeah. comedy yeah. and doesn't, I can't compare it to your life, shitty life. You're gonna stop really early because you don't like the you don't like the environment that you're in. You know, think of people's <laughs> lives. Yeah. Whether you know my mom or your parents or blah blah blah. You know the hardship, and then you start comedy and nobody and you get booed or people don't show up. Hey, that was easy compared to what I had to live before. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. You know, but if you have everything and you start comedy, how I don't know how long you can left because your reference is is different. Yeah. You know, it's got to be different for the people that are, let's say they're social influencers or they were big on TV and they're doing comedy in the most 
indoor cat situations. They're like, you know, their name is on the marquee. Their name is on the flyer. They're getting a sweet spot at an A room in Hollywood or LA. And the crowd loves them because they're excited to see them. Maybe even if they just do okay, the crowd's mm-hmm. still like, oh my God, that's so-and-so from that movie. And, you know. Yeah, they still then, get the adulation from the audience. And yeah, he, I wonder. And, and, yeah. and, and you wonder what? Oh, I was just going to say, and, and also probably when they do The Road, they're probably once again in an insulated situation. They're not really doing like, Be, I wouldn't imagine. I, I think it's these, easier to do are, that. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like if you're an amateur comic, you don't have no notoriety notoriety, and you're, uh, you're not famous on any level, that's going to be hard. If you're famous, you're going to have an easier time. It's not going to be great. Like, I don't care who you yeah. are. When you start comedy, it's a different set of rules that you're you haven't been accustomed to. Yeah, and you have to format format your sensibility of humor into that format. It's not going to be easy your first two years, whether you're Charlie Murphy or Brandon Schaub or whoever. You're going to go through some shit. Like, there's no way. But what you can do is MC your show and bring your friends on that are famous. You could just do a 15 minute spot at the end. You could do that and build as an act. It's harder for a famous person trying to get into MMA today, like oh, Brock yeah. Lesnar, because you get a name. If you're Brock Lesnar or a famous boxer like Floyd Mayweather, you think you could practice in their small venues first before you're ready for the big leagues? They're going to put you straight to the big leagues because the money that you can make from your name is already the top level. Yeah. How are you going to practice? Like, it's easier for a famous person to go into a fucking small open mic with 20 people, five people, and they're like, oh, my God, Robin Williams, because he always used to do that. When he came to Toronto, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we would bring him to four people in the comedy show that didn't believe it was him because they were drunk and it was two in the morning. Yeah. They're like, that can't be Robin Williams. Robin Williams is uh, famous. Why would he be in the ghetto? You know? But but yeah. an MMA fighter couldn't do a regular small open open mic show mm. you think Brock Lesnar is going to go to a place where there's 20 people in the backyard mm. you know like that's yeah and also what if he gets hurt and it's like damn I should have just saved it for the big paycheck yeah so the risk you know? level to do MMA and that's how where I came from so I was doing jiu-jitsu before I did comedy but that gave me the strength to do comedy if I didn't do jiu-jitsu at all wouldn't be a comedian because I thought this mm. How hard would you would comedy be if I got my arm broken last night or passed out or got knocked out? Like I, because I I have fought and I was like, this can't be harder than this. And it was just as hard, if not more harder, mm. because of the mental. Mm. But I, my first time I ever went up, I got booed. Mm. So that was like, whoa! I got booed <laughs> off my first fucking time. How wow. hard is this? Wow! But it made me go no. I got to go back because it was like somebody beating me up. Someone choking me out. Somebody making me tap. And I was like, I got to go back. And if it wasn't for jujitsu and doing boxing and all that shit, I swear I wouldn't go back because what jujitsu or MMA or boxing or martial arts taught me was you, you get up after you get, you get knocked down. What was the worst loss? Like what, what feels, or do they, is it totally different losing in let's say jujitsu or boxing as opposed to like, losing on in comedy in the in the, the first time you lost like with comedy well, that, that the first move. time i lost in comedy felt exactly like me being passed being choked out and then mm-hmm. i woke up and seeing everybody around me going oh that was bad like that felt the same because i i wasn't hurt physically but either one 
Yeah. But it was embarrassing. Yeah. It was like you lost. People saw you lose at the highest level, which is you passed out. They're, you, you, they're awake and then you go, oh my God, you saw me for how long was I out? Like you, your first thing is yeah. how long was I out? It's like a yeah. minute, not even. Oh, okay. You know, but it, the, it's still embarrassing because it's a loss. But it's, yeah. it's an embarrassing loss because you look embarrassed. You, you're mm. like this. This is, I don't know what's worse than that. Yeah, that you're whole, vulnerable. Or, you're like, yeah, you're not. Oh my God. That's why. Are people yelling at me like booing? Oh, get off. You suck. And, and I'm like, and I look back, I'm like, you guys did, see, they can't even think this guy was his first time. You, you can't, mm. they didn't give a shit. Like, mm. that's how evil audiences are when it, when it comes to fucking mob mentality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they don't yeah. give a shit if you're a child. They don't care if it's your dream. Like Chappelle said it when he went to the Apollo God booing. My very <laughs> first time on stage, and I have it, I have it on, 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 uh, I put it on YouTube and um, you, it was crazy. You, your first time getting booed is on YouTube? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, I'm like, it's not that easy, okay? And then this big woman is like, you suck. It was the only time I had wow. a heckler that, that I responded. I've never have been heckled to that degree, even till today. Mm. She goes, mm. you suck. And because I was trying to talk about jujitsu and I was like, you probably take, I go, you're tough. You probably take jujitsu or more, maybe sumo wrestling, right? And then people went nuts. And I'm like, oh. how did that come out of my mouth? Yeah. Till today, <laughs> I still, we still do that. We create things on stage that we, our conscious level, our conscious mind is too, is, is not fast enough to come yeah. up with it. Yeah. So you're subconscious, and you're like, how is this happening? Yeah. My voice is, someone's operating something in a subconscious yeah, level. That's yeah. Yeah. Coming out, like, you ever see Ian Bag? You're like, obviously, that's, that's a rain, that's rain man right, for comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no way he can premeditate any of this shit. It's like this or nothing. Your brain's faster than your actual motor skills. That's what I realized. It's wild, right? Like, uh, um, yeah, you know, I remember I, I, I gave a headliner a ride to the show. I'd pick him up, give him a ride. And I got so much knowledge. This guy, he went on to write for the Tonight Show and everything. And he was a writer. Um, but one of the things he said is like, he goes, Darren, don't, don't try to memorize. Like, he's like, sometimes you'll see comedians memorizing these stock lines. Like, Hey, I don't go down to the Burger King and you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he yeah. goes, he goes, you've been a funny guy since you were a little kid. He goes, if you're backed up into that corner on stage and you, your brain will tell you how to get out of it. Yes. And that was the best advice because I never wanted to be one of those guys that like, you know what I mean? Memorize They're funny you're lines, stock. but I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to do those stock lines. Like I bet yeah. you some, well, I was thinking about yeah, so great. Like, have you ever uh, heard this stock line? The first time I heard this line, I thought it was funny. And then I kept hearing more comedians say it. And it was at the comedy store. <laughs> I heard mm -hmm. some older comedian, when people are, are uh, they're talking in the back of the room, he'd go, hey, where'd you learn to whisper? In the back of a, a helicopter? helicopter? Right. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I realized, like, I wonder where that originated from. I wonder if somebody came up with that during, like, like the early 70s. Like, if that was, like, a Vietnam-era line or maybe it came out in the world war ii you never know like i like think it must have came out of that era the war era yeah. you know yeah i mean uh that's funny because that that line i saw it in fucking india so i'm like wow it went pretty far wow yeah india. so it's like yeah like wow. 10 years ago i remember going wow you guys you guys <laughs> still do the same lines we do like i remember going you guys are hacks too you know? <laughs> yeah and, and and the weird thing is when when uh you have to up it's funny you could actually say that line today 
as a joke because there's a new hack line that's it's like this i i always i'm always hanging out with a, a millennial yeah uh, comedy comic that i just we always i i always make young friends i have a lot of older friends that are coming young a lot of younger the 25 year old ones always update me what's hack Right. Yeah, what's happening now? What do they say now? What do they say now? Oh, what do you learn to whisper? Do, a, don't yeah. do vape, uh, uh, vape jokes. I'm like, oh, that's wow. a thing now? <laughs> like, you know how everybody does vape jokes? I go, no. And they're like, well, everybody that's 25 makes fun of vape vaping. I'm like, whoa. Well, you know what? <laughs> they, they didn't get past the Laugh Factory yet, so I didn't get to see yeah, them. Yeah. Hey, would yeah. you learn to whisper in the back of an Uber pool? I, That's I mean, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they even yeah. say now. Yeah. At the back of a protest for Black Lives Matter. You know, you <laughs> would you learn to whisper? Are you trying to update everything? Yeah. Yeah, that, would, that would be a good idea to go like through my act and try to update things that are like... Oh, I have to constantly yeah. do it now. I yeah. always do it now because all these kids, I mean, whenever I'm, I'm always doing open mics because this is what uh, Norm MacDonald told me years ago because he was a Yuck Yucks comedian from Canada. Him, Howie Mandel, and, and, uh, and what's his name, used to hang out in the amateur night all the time. And they go, Amateur Night is a place where you can get the latest and greatest pop culture news, <laughs> right? But <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. hanging out at a pro comic, comic show is where you get the latest and greatest news. You know, mm. like latest and greatest headline news is for the older professional comedian. Latest and greatest pop culture news is from the young. You know, mm. whatever comes out in the market, the young will know first. Whatever happens in this world, in this country, and politics, the older people know. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, my, like we my, have the punchlines. Yeah. They don't have. Yeah. They don't have the punchlines. We are looking for new setups and or new premises. Yeah. The young people have all that shit. That's funny. My son's thirteen, and he he definitely is like into what's happening now. Like, and he figures things out. He's a musician, so it's great because wow. he's like he knows certain things that are like I'm like oh it's awesome and. You know, well, like, I mean, he's he, he's your secret weapon, like Joe Coy. Joe Coy's secret yeah, weapon is his yeah. son. His son tells yeah. him what music to walk up to and says, don't oh. do that anymore. And you have, you have to wear this and you you should do more of this. Then his, but the son doesn't know how to write a joke. So you can't really hang out and <laughs> learn from that part or what. Yeah, yeah. But he'll tell, he'll tell what looks too old and mm. what looks too young. Dad, yeah. that looks a little too old for you. Dad, that looks a little too young for you. What you're saying is a little too old for you. What you're saying is too young for you. So it's kind of he kind of catches him in the middle someplace. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, that's a secret weapon. If you have a son that's in his teens, they that son can constantly keep updating you in what's cool, what's cool in culture, in pop culture, music, and tea, whatever. Yeah, and also uh, your son would probably know what you what the coolest of you would be yeah not the yeah. loser version of you that right, could right, still right. work yeah. but i mean i think they'd be looking out for that if your relationship with your son is good i guess you know what's funny man is uh, sometimes i'll do a joke just to kind of see what he, you know like a little i'll do like a quick pun oh hey son i, I can't even think of an example i'll give him a quick pun just to see what he he does like you and i might call it those are dad jokes or whatever but he mm. he's like he'll go like a Oh, dad, you're the king of cringe. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's so cringy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't want to be cringy. But you, you know, know, that's funny. Uh, that's such a word that the millennials use today. It's like this, this one, uh, we have a 
cousin millennial who likes to play the guitar and we're like oh show us a video no it's cringy still mm. like, oh okay. it's interesting yeah yeah so um i was dating this one girl whose kid was 13 and she was telling us the new words in the new clothes so she's like feel is in now and then she's like yeah you know when someone gives you attitude it's not called attitude it's called sass oh wow yeah so she updated me and my girlfriend at the time of all the new stuff i'm like well i'm not gonna say lit yeah 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 yeah. you know yo man that's lit bro like i'm not i don't feel (laughs) comfortable saying that yeah like there's certain words and then and then one of my others my actual cousin's daughters who are like 14 15 and they're like what are the new we're like what are the new words she's like we're not gonna tell you because yeah. you'd look stupid saying it either way. That, yeah, and then it looks old if you, you don't want to be like, that is so dope or so fly or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you remember we used to know all that stuff? And then you'd hear, it'd be funny yeah. when an older person would say the wrong, you're like, damn, my guy still, you know, like, I remember when there was a time when people were saying like, like, like man, like, what up, man? I, th- I think I still yeah. say man, but then, then it kind of switched over to dog. Hey, dog. And then, yeah. I don't What's I, up, honestly, son? Hey, son. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't know, man. I I try not to. I it's hard know. to keep it up, you know. Yeah. And 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 it be, it comes to the point where you go to Laugh Factory, you go to the Improv or Comics or whatnot, and you'll see the young kids use it, and then you'll see the older people use it, and then you're like, hmm. And then you'll see someone old that actually doesn't use it or makes fun of it, and you're like, I like that one. I like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I like you know when, when when CK used to do that, and or Bill Burr yeah. used to make fun of the the language, and even even like, you know, whoever Chris Rock or was like, you know, some of those new words. I'm not going to yeah. say, you know, right? Yeah, exactly. It's better to use almost the traditional words, you know. Than I mean, you know, it's bad when commercials start using those words. You're like, okay, that's yeah. just when it's, you know. <laughs> yeah. You're Remember right. when commercials started using rap, and we we're like, ugh. I want this for yeah. myself. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, uh, Ron, we're, we're going to wind things down. I got a couple of questions for you. I usually try yeah. to ask these on the, on the podcast. Um, what is something that you've recently bought? It could be any price. Uh, something that you've recently bought that made you a little happier. Oh, wow. That's, I, I, buy cons- I constantly buy stuff once uh, every week just to make me happy because there's some high you get off it. Uh, recently, I bought wait, uh, barbells uh, for my for my house. So because there was a lockdown for a month, nice. I bought barbells, and now I'm like, you know what? This is cool. I don't have to go to the gym every day. And and yeah. and, and when you're doing it at home, you, you, I can watch TV and and it's just you know each side can go up to forty pounds, and I'll put like I'll do twenty five you know 50, twenty pounds this. I'll do shoulders, and then I'll put the forty to do this. That's cool. That makes me feel good because I purchased something and, and and that's because it was a mental and body thing, but I bought this hat that was a LL Cool J Kangol hat and I oh, love cool. it because it's so nice and fluffy and warm because it's made of wool. Oh. And that makes me feel so happy because nobody wears the 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 bucket Kangol anymore. Yeah, man, that's 80s, right? LL yeah. Cool J is hard. I'm a radio. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, my yeah. radio, Beat yeah. Street. So I, I, I wear this, that hat, a Beat Street shirt from 1984 mm. or three. And then I wear this jacket 
that looks like a a breakdance. It's a it's a jean jacket. If you ever seen the movie Beat Street, the the lead role is Lee, and it copied his exact look with the mm. jean jacket, the the Kango bucket hat. I just don't have the glasses, right? But people will look at me walking. My my friends are like, dude, that's crazy. Who? Where did you find that hat and that shirt? Why <laughs> are you so cool. retro right now? I go, I lo- I'm reliving the happy moments by wearing them now. So I'm wearing Back to yeah. the Future shirts, Prince oh, of the Revolution, Michael Jackson cool. Thriller shirt. I'm wearing stuff that, because when I do my podcast, it's all about reconnecting with friends that I know rather than strangers. Dude, that is so lit. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's fire. It's fire, bro. It's, it's fire, fire, son. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right, though, man. I, I remember I had this shirt for a while. I don't know where it's at now, but it was a Kermit the Frog riding a 10-speed. And I Dude. was like, man, that's just, you know. That's from the movie. Yeah. Yeah, Kermit the Frog, and he's on a 10-speed. Oh, it's from it's from the movie? Wow. Well, I know he rode the bike in the movie, and when I watched the movie as a child, I'm like, where's the puppet master guy behind him? Oh, and I'm like, this is the first time I don't see him with some weird shade under him, behind him, or, or half of his body. And well, I was, you're... I, I didn't like it. I go, I want him to be halfway mm. of the screen. Yeah, I don't want to oh. see his long, long, weird legs. Yeah, I, I was like, I don't like this. He, oh, he's wow. too human to me now. Oh, for me, I liked it because I thought I like old school 10 speeds like i you know i i wouldn't want one for myself i like the bike i have now but i just thought oh it's cool but you're right though it probably is from a movie i i bought another shirt i had no idea it was from a movie and it was from like tommy boy it was callahan's oh, cool. was tommy boy and people were like oh i love that movie and i'm like oh i didn't know it was from a movie i just thought that <laughs> was a funny shirt but yeah. yeah like shirts make me happy like especially that reminds me of stuff like i'd buy this uh you know that the, what's the the restaurant beside last factory the green greenblatts greenblatts the if they had the shirt i'd wear it yeah because somebody yeah. that plays the factory i may meet down the road somewhere in like fucking overseas and they're like yo that shirt's the craziest that was the best restaurant like you know because yeah, it's so specific i know the russian dressing you know i think canter <laughs> i think canters has shirts you know you ever go to canters, canters? on fairfax yeah i love canters i, I always go there i go it's one of my go-to's you know, when things kick in again, man, we got to we got to go to Cantor's, man. And get, what do you get, order in Cantor's? I usually I, try I to get, get the one. With the, I usually get the pastrami. I love the pastrami yeah. and I like the uh, latkes, the, those pancake looking latkes. I get a things. latke and all the time with a liver spread sandwich. Ooh. Chopped liver that? onions. Unreal. Wow. Like I'm not even a liver fan. I just like how delis make liver sandwiches. Mm, I should try yeah. that. I, I, had liver when I, I haven't had liver in a long time. Liver and onions is yeah, really good. It, it is. It's more of a food that you're forced to eat growing up, so you don't want to relive those moments. Mm. You know, it's like I don't, I don't, I don't like vacuuming right now, but I have to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, you know what I've been doing, which I haven't done in a long time. I've been doing more during the pandemic uh, up at the farm. I've been sweeping, and because you know, usually you live in an apartment, there's not a lot of sweeping going on. But man, like I, I kind of do like sweeping it reminds me of the whole mr miyagi thing wax on wax on like i'm getting good at like like you know like my, if my arm gets tired then i turn around and i do it this way and it's like i don't know and, and at the end you're like wow it's it looks great you know and yeah you get it, a good rush out of the, that like stuff like even mowing lawns for me 
Yep. You learn how to do the lines back and forth and yeah. then this way. And maybe we have the a genetics of like worker people, like you maybe, you know, like, cause honestly, I think that's a thing. Like certain people love, mm-hmm. like my friend Marito, who's, who's El Salvadorian and he's actually part of the Incas. Like his whole family line goes back for the Incas. Mm. He goes, he wakes up and he, he's tries to fight it since he was a kid. He has to clean. Mm. And I go, why? He goes, I don't know and i tell and 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 he he tells his mom what the fuck i i I can't stop cleaning i love he goes he loves cleaning more than comedy he said this really yeah and he goes she was like oh that's in your blood we're we've been long genetic cleaners wow lines of cleaners i'm like i i must have that genetically too because if we're made up with different people's genes that are Mm. from our you know I don't, I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm like that. And hopefully my wife doesn't watch the podcast this, to this point because she's going to be like, I'm like, look, honey, the, the few times I've sweeped, I got a high out of it. Okay. It's not like I'm addicted yeah. to sweeping, but, but, Your, but yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Yours is so, a different gene. Yours is a, uh, yeah. a, a entertaining gene. That's yeah. Different. yeah. You had yeah, to. Yeah, See, yeah. You, here's the thing. Everybody goes, why did you start it? I had no choice. It was, yes. it was part of me. I know. It's like I had song, no fucking choice. Like, it's like that blues song. He's got the boogie in him and he just got, he has to get it out. You know, it's in him, you know, and that boy's got that boogie in him. There's you know? nothing you can do. You know, he can't you know. stop cleaning. Dennis Rodman has to be late once in a while and party. It just, that's what right, your right, body tells right, you. Right. Yeah. You know? I know. Hey, Ron, it was great having you on the show, man. Thank you. And Thanks. please, please come on again. And, and uh, thank you. For sure, man. We always have great conversations, and uh, hopefully, we can go to Cantor's because I'm going to be. Uh, oh, I'm going to bring you to a Filipino restaurant in March. Yes, yes. I want to start uh, for you guys watching this far into the podcast. Thank you. A new element I want to bring to my YouTube channel is uh, uh, I don't know how often I can do it, but I want to start hitting up some different spots around LA or different restaurants, things I haven't tried yet. I want to take you guys to places, and and I want. Uh, I'd love if, if Ron could take me to a Filipino restaurant. I don't know what to order, so he could help me. And I will, I will tell you the f- the four f- basic food groups in Filipinos, which is basically chicken, pork, <laughs> beef, and fish. You'll, I'm into it, man. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, for sure. Thank you. All right, Ron. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you. And, uh, look into Ron. Look him up on YouTube. And, and have a great day, everyone. We're done with this interview. Everybody listen to Darren Carter We all know he's the party starter So if you want to listen to a podcast for free Then listen to The Pocket Party Hello, it is Ryan And I was on a flight the other day Playing one of my favorite social spin slot games On ChumbaCasino.com I looked over at the person sitting next to me And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino Coincidence? I think not Everybody's loving having fun with it Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games That you can play for free anytime, anywhere Even at 30,000 feet So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com To claim your free welcome bonus That's ChumbaCasino.com And live the Chumba life No purchase necessary VGW, void, we're prohibited by law See terms and conditions, 18 plus.